It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Beautiful Friday in Las Vegas. So glad you could join us on another edition of Pushing the Limits. That's right. You can hear us on KSHP, but we are everywhere. PTL Vegas on our YouTube page. We are on Twitter, Pushing Limits LV. We're everywhere. And uh, so glad you can make us a part of your afternoon, wherever you are. And we have some big guests lined up for you today. We're going to have some fun. Uh, We're going to get into this third phone call, apparently, that Donald Trump had with uh, a man out of Georgia trying to cheat in the 2020 election. Jurors have heard it. What some jurors are are, are saying about this uh, audio, which I would imagine if you're a Trump supporter, you probably don't care, right? If you're a MAGA supporter, you don't care that Donald Trump has attacked our democracy. You don't care that Donald Trump apparently broke the law with Georgia election officials. And now there's another audio tape, apparently, that proves that. But uh, this is a big story, and it could land Donald Trump in jail, quite frankly. So we're going to talk about it uh, coming up here in just a few minutes. Always love having this guy on. He's former presidential candidate, former Congressman Joe Walsh will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. He did an interview that I might have not been capable of doing because I would have lost my mind. He interviewed Dinesh D'Souza. You know, this is the guy who did the 2000 Mules movie that has been debunked in every way, shape, or form. I want to talk to Joe Walsh about this interview because I thought he did a really good job. And uh, I know he's got some uh, opinions on that for sure. And we will get to him at the bottom of the hour. By the way, Joe Walsh is one of those guys that do ha- that does has have the definition of what woke means and wokeness. So we'll talk to him about that coming up at the bottom of the hour. Then, you know, you know this guy, he was the interim head UNLV coach. He coached Finley Prep out here, did a great job at uh, Southern Utah, and now he just got the job at Bowling Green, head new men's basketball coach of the Bowling Green. Todd Simon will be joining us uh, coming up in about an hour or so. Talk a little NCAA tournament with him, talk about his new gig out there at the Bowling Green, and uh, what he was able to accomplish at Southern Utah is second to none, man. It's, it's really unbelievable. So he's going to be joining us coming up in about an hour or so, but I want to Start by talking to you guys about this. Now, do we remember, and I think many of you do, by the way, the call that Donald Trump had with Mr. Rapsenberger in Georgia. And in this call, Donald Trump says, I just need to find a certain number of votes. Can you find me those votes? I mean, clearly we can read between the lines and we know what he's saying. He wanted to cheat. He couldn't handle the outcome of the election. He tried to get Georgia officials to cheat for him. Uh, If you forgot, here it is. This is Donald Trump speaking with Mr. Raffsenberger in Georgia, talking about that very subject. Have a listen to this. Start. The president seemed delusional. And we, uh, we won the House, but we won every single state house, and we won Congress. Mr. Trump repeated 30 times that he won the election. He said he could still win Georgia if Raffensperger would play along. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780. So you missed a little bit of that cut, but 
He's saying he wants to find about 11,000 votes. We know what that means in layman's terms, right? It means he wanted to cheat, and he was pushing Georgia officials to lie for him. Well, guess what? There's another call that was made, and this call was made, and jurors have confirmed it, from a uh, recorded phone conversation between Donald Trump and the late Georgia House Speaker David Ralston. Now, of course, he can't testify about this under oath because he's dead, sadly. But Ralston had previously told a North Georgia media outlet that he was contacted by Trump and his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, in December back in 2020. But the existence of a tape had not been previously known until now. Jurors said that during the conversation, the president asked Ralston to convene a special session of the legislature to overturn Democrat Joe Biden's narrow victory in Georgia. One juror said that the speaker basically just cut the president off. He said, I will do everything in my power that I think is appropriate. He just basically took the wind out of the sails. Well, thank you, you know, is all the president could say. Ralston died back in November and other legislative leaders did not call a special session. Former Ralston aide uh, declined to comment on this story and a Trump campaign spokesman did not respond to a request for comment either. There's at least two other recorded phone calls, one of which I just played for you, a highlight. Um, The president's now infamous January 2021 conversation with Brad Raffensperger was quickly leaked, but this audio was not interesting. The jurors said they heard testimony from former U.S. Senator David Perdue, if you remember. He uh, was a close ally with Donald Trump. He lost his reelection bid to John Ossoff in January of 2021. Purdue was questioned about a meeting at Trust Park in December 2020, during which he urged Governor Brian Kemp to convene a special legislative session, one juror said. Purdue also not responding to comment. These people are criminals. These people attempted to overthrow our election. These people lied. Why is that not important to some of you? When a president loses an election, which Donald Trump clearly did back in 2020. And then he pressures Georgia officials. In the audio that you heard, that I just played. And then there's another phone call with audio. And then people are saying, Democrats lie. Brian, you're a liar. I literally just played you the audio where he's asking Raffensperger to find votes. We know what that means. The election was already over. It was certified. Donald Trump in that phone call also claimed that at least 5,000 dead people voted. That is also not true. And Raffensperger found two, not 2,000, two people that voted and they couldn't have voted because they were dead. Two people, not 5,000. Donald Trump, I know this might be a shock to some of you, lied. He knew he lost the election. He knew he lost it to Joe Biden in Georgia. Yes, he pr- yet he pressured these officials. And now we're learning he pressured another official who has since deceased. But there is audio of that phone call. And these jurors did hear that. Donald Trump is going to be indicted in this case. He's going to be indicted in the Stormy Daniels case. And I know many of you MAGAs out there can't stand to hear it. And I know many MAGAs out there will say, Brian, Donald Trump lives in your head rent free. No, not at all. Donald Trump is the front runner 
in the Republican Party. He's still the biggest face and the most popular in the Republican Party. And last I checked, I'm pretty sure he announced he's running for president in 2024. And he is the front runner and he is going to beat Ron DeSantis. This isn't about anybody, you know, spending time rent free in my head. This is about the front runner, the man who's running for presidency in 2024, which, by the way, I take very seriously. And I do believe he will defeat Ron DeSantis. If Donald Trump wasn't running for president and he wasn't running for office, I probably wouldn't be talking about this, even though he's still criminally liable in these cases. The reason why I'm talking about this is because it's going to be between him and DeSantis in the Republican Party. I believe Trump is going to destroy DeSantis. That's just my personal opinion. And I believe it is going to be Donald Trump versus Joe Biden for the 2024 election. I've always felt that way, and that's the way I feel now. And it doesn't end there if we play uh, another cut for you, this one cut three, which is Donald Trump in audio that he put on Truth Social in a video yesterday. I want you to listen to this very carefully. Because in this audio, you hear Donald Trump once again kissing the ring of Vladimir Putin and saying that Americans are more of a threat to themselves than Russia and Vladimir Putin. It's, it's, it's unprecedented. Have a listen to this. The State Department, the defense bureaucracy, the intelligence services, and all of the rest need to be completely overhauled and reconstituted to fire the deep staters and put America first. We have to put America first. Finally, we have to finish the process we began under my administration of fundamentally revaluating NATO's purpose and NATO's mission. Our foreign policy establishment keeps trying to pull the world into conflict with a nuclear-armed Russia based on the lie that Russia represents our greatest threat. But the greatest threat to Western civilization today is not Russia. It's probably, more than anything else, ourselves and some of the horrible USA-hating people that represent us at home. The State so there Department, you go. The de- so there you go. So there you go. Donald Trump himself claiming that Americans are more of a threat to themselves and to this country than an evil murderous dictator that is responsible for murdering millions in Vladimir Putin. He and his evil murderous regime. But if you listen to Donald Trump once again kissing the ring of Vladimir Putin, as he's done so many times in the past, claiming, which is which is disgusting and laughable at the same time, this is a man who could be the next president. I don't think he will. Claiming that Americans are more of a threat to Americans than Vladimir Putin. Is there any reasonable logical human being that isn't a MAGA bias supporter that would believe what the former president just said? Explain that to me. Americans are more of a threat to Americans than Vladimir Putin, who is still attempting to take over Ukraine, invading a country. Is that even a serious statement? Can there actually be people out there that believe that? Does Donald Trump even believe that? What does Vladimir Putin have on Donald Trump? Do we remember when Donald Trump was standing on a stage right a few feet away from Vladimir Putin on a world stage? And when asked 
a member of the media asking Donald Trump about Vladimir Putin interfering in our elections, which clearly they did. Our own CIA and our own FBI confirmed that Russia did interfere in our elections. It was Donald Trump up there on a stage with Vladimir Putin who took Vladimir Putin's own word over our own CIA and our own FBI. Do we remember that moment? That was one of Donald Trump's worst moments, and boy, he's got plenty of them, but that was one of them. And we're supposed to be led to believe that Americans are more of a threat to Americans than Vladimir Putin. Does that make any sense to anybody? It certainly doesn't make any sense to me. And then, oh yes, we have more and more January 6th terrorists that are being convicted in a court of law. Yes, that's right. Sarah Carpenter is another one. And I'm going to play you some audio of what Sarah Carpenter sounded like on January 6th. But uh, she was convicted in a court yet, uh, yesterday. This is a retired New York police officer. How despicable. She was found guilty yesterday in a court of law on seven felony and misdemeanor charges related to our, her participation in the January 6, 2021 U.S. Capitol riots. I want to play for you some audio of Sarah Carpenter on January 6th. Now, don't get me wrong. She sounds like a very lovely lady. But this is Sarah Carpenter, in her own words, in action on January 6th, storming the Capitol. Have a listen to what a MAGA sounds like, because this is Sarah Carpenter, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you, you do sound like an animal, so I would have to agree with her. I'm an effing animal as she assaults police officers and threatens police officers. Just a tourist visit, though, right? No big deal. Just a tourist visit. Well, Carpenter's conviction included obstruction of an official proceeding, civil disorder, and entering or remaining in a restricted building or ground. And according to the New York Times... Prosecutor said that during the insurrection, Carpenter screamed at police, which clearly we can hear. I'm an animal. I'm an effing animal. She was laid on, caught on camera insisting the breach was made. Congress needs to come out. They need to certify Trump as president. This is our house. The 53-year-old disgraced ex-cop was first charged in March of 2021 after admitting to the FBI that she had entered the Capitol building. A search of her home enabled officials to match Carpenter to a woman caught on Capitol security footage playing a tambourine inside the building during the riots. Yes, that's right. This was not a tourist visit. This was not a peaceful protest. It was quite contrary to that, and it was the opposite. And then a lot of Republicans the last couple days want to talk about Charlie Kirk as he was at a local campus and he's a despicable human being. Charlie Kirk is an uneducated hate monger and I don't know why he's as popular as he is 
Well, I guess I do among the far right, because uh, apparently these days, if you're on the extreme far right and you're an extremist, as long as you're a racist and you attack brown people in the LGBTQ community, you're a champion for the far right. So I guess I do know the answer to why Charlie Kirk is, is so popular. But Charlie Kirk was speaking at, at an event, and I don't know why any college campus would pay this guy to do anything except get the hell out of there. But yeah, there were members of Antifa that showed up and they committed violent acts, and I don't I don't condone that. While they didn't physically harm anybody, they did uh, cause destruction to the campus, which I don't condone. They're idiots. You know, it takes away from the cause. If you want to peacefully protest, then peacefully protest. Charlie Kirk is despicable. I would be out there with you peacefully protesting, even though I think I have better things to do. But I don't condone any of these people committing violence, violence in any way, shape, or form. It could be January 6th, or, you know, it could be Ben Shapiro or Charlie Kirk at an event. Peacefully protesting is fine, but I don't condone any violence. It could be a Black Lives Matter protest. Violence is wrong, and it takes away from your cause, quite frankly. And yes, there were some members of Antifa that were arrested, and I don't condone what they do. Many of them, I don't condone it. Screaming in people's faces and chanting things out, to me, is not going to get you anywhere. Peacefully protesting will. And I don't have a problem with anybody that peacefully protests. I might not agree with your politics, right? For example, during uh, the COVID pandemic, there were people peacefully protesting here in Las Vegas, anti-maskers. Now, those people are idiots. They're very dumb. They clearly had no medical background and no medical experience. They're morons, right? But you're allowed to peacefully protest in this country, even if you're a moron, even if you're extremely stupid, which those people clearly are. They weren't breaking the law. Just don't break the law. Don't attack police officers. Don't destroy property and you'll be allowed your first amendment right the freedom of speech to be able to do that and the government cannot stop you know obviously you can't go into a private facility and do that but if you're on a public sidewalk what have you you are allowed to do that and i don't have a problem with that even though i might disagree with the politics of of you i don't have a problem with that But here's my question, I guess, to all of you, and I'll open up the phone lines at 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the program, 702-221-7283 is the number to call, 702-221-SAVE. Do you have a problem at all with Donald Trump? And apparently a third call, a third phone call that was recorded pressuring Georgia officials to change the outcome of an election. My num- number one is, do you have a problem with that? And number two, what do you make of these people that are being convicted in a court of law every single day? Like Sarah Carpenter, who pushed a police officer, it's seen on video, saying, I'm an effing animal. A former police officer. What do you make of that? Number to call, 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702 702- Two two one save. All right, let's go to uh, Wilma. Wilma first up on pushing limits. Hi, Wilma. Hi, hi. Good afternoon. Hi. So I sure I am very sure that you're so right on what you're saying. Now I'm calling you from where protesting. We got out a governor mm-hmm. out of his position. So I know what you're talking about. Where where are you? Where is that, well, Wilma? De Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Okay. 
Gotcha. Yes, we took out one one governor that was the worst that we had. And protesting, we made him get out. And you did it peacefully, I would assume. We did it. And we you know what? It. And you know what? You have the right to do that. And and regardless of politics, you have the right to do it peacefully. Let me ask you a question, Wilma, if I may, since you're in Mexico. Yes. What did you make of what took place on January 6th and the insurrection here in America? That made a mockery of the U.S. Yeah. and the process. Mm-hmm. I agree. They were the laughingstock of the world because you are supposed to be the biggest and the most important part of the U.S. You're assuring that everyone has a voice. And for one person to feel entitled. Yeah. And to have, and I'm sorry what what I'm about to say, but to have this informed idiots mm-hmm. do what you want yeah that's putting the u.s in danger let me be very clear wilma you're being very nice calling them idiots okay we can call them a <laughs> lot we can call them a lot of other things wilma well listen i know i support you and i support uh you know uh, any type of peaceful protest whether we agree politically or not we probably do agree politically but even if we don't you do it in a peaceful fashion right that that's your right yes. The problem is, yes. you know, what took place on January 6th, uh, at least the, the thousand people or so that were convicted of crimes, that was not peaceful. Mm-hmm. But yet, if you watch Tucker Carlson and some mm-hmm. right wing uh, agencies, they will lead you to believe that it was peaceful and it wasn't. Well, I'm glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad there are people <laughs> like you out there uh, and uh, good, good people in Mexico. And I know, you know, you sometimes you guys get a bad rap. Let me ask you one more question before I let you go. When Donald, yeah. when Donald Trump was president, you're the perfect person to ask this question. When Donald Trump was president, and you remember what he said about Mexicans, quote, these people, they're rapists, they're bad people, and I suppose some of them are good people. What went through your mind when what? you heard the president of the United States make that statement? Well, I'm in Puerto Rico, not Mexico. Oh, okay, my apologies. Phil, <laughs> we're, we're brothers and sisters. Yep. We feel the same pain and the same thing every time that Trump open his mouth yeah it was like telling everyone in latin america that they're criminals yes so just because we're latins we're not criminals i, am I live you. in a hundred yep. by 35 land an island wow and we have yeah. the best people in the world I no doubt. And, you know, I've never been to Puerto Rico. I've always wanted to go there, Wilma. And I will let you know when I do, but I appreciate you finding this show all the way in Puerto Rico. And stay strong and, and keep up the fight, Wilma. Thank you so much for calling. Thank okay? you. Appreciate you. You have a great day. Thank you very much. There you go, PTL listeners. Reach in Puerto Rico. I love it. 702-221-7283. And again, that number, 702-221-7283 is the number to call. We're going to go to JD, who is next. Hello, JD. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Good. Um, I, 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 I sense a little Irish blood in your uh, skin tone. and, <laughs> and uh, so uh, It doesn't, get, it doesn't get whiter than me, my friend. I know. I'm Casper <laughs> the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm transparent. My wife is uh, Mex- of Mexican descent, so she stays on the beach and I have to hide in the shade. But oh, anyway. I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, hey, listen, I, w- I was talking to a friend the other day. I'm 55 and I grew up in the Reagan. I was from Canada and I uh, moved here about eight years ago, and I'm a citizen and proud to be. Um, 
you know, Reagan, I agreed. I, yeah, I didn't really agree with a lot of his policies trickled down. It wasn't great to the AIDS victims. and But but Republicans used to be so proud of Ronald Reagan. What happened? Well, here's my response to that. I think it's a really good question. And I will start by telling you the friends that I have that are Republicans are Reagan Republicans. And many of the people right. that I hang out that are Republicans admit to me that Brian, they just want to get out of the Republican Party. You know, I'll even, I'll even right. give you an example. And I don't want to speak for her because she can speak for herself, but the former sure. Republican chair here in Las Vegas, she's on national networks mm-hmm. all the time. Her name is Amy Tarkanian. And because Amy Tarkanian didn't support all the Republicans in the 2022 midterms, we had a woman by the name of Michelle Fiore who ran and lost, and she slut-shamed Amy Tarkanian because Amy Tarkanian didn't support her. We have another woman who ran for office here. Her name is Sigal Chatta, a despicable human being. And Sigal Chatta mm-hmm. recently yep. attacked her because she said she was bi. This is where the extreme righties in the party are. And I can tell you many of the Reagan Republicans that you and I are talking about are just uh, disgusted by where the Republican yeah. Party is at now. Because make no mistake about it, the Republican Party is run today by extremists. Kevin McCarthy, yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, Gymnasium Jordan. These are the people who run the Republican Party today. Now, some Republicans say, well, Brian, that's just not true. Find me who the most popular Republicans are, and those are who they are. They're on TV every day. They have the most popularity yep. amongst the base, and they are despicable human beings, all of them. Yes. Um, and I think I've, I've talked to you before and I, I said I'm in Utah. Being a Democrat in Utah is a little yep. tough because we're never going to win here. But, you know, Mitt Romney is one. Of, uh, I think I've said this before. I mean, Mitt Romney, to me, seems to be more of a conservative Republican that I used to remember. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. I didn't vote for Mitt Romney or Barack Obama. You know why? Because I would have been okay with either of them winning. Because I met Rip, yeah. Mitt Romney on a number of occasions. And when I spoke to him Great. in Las Vegas, I, right, I was a reporter. And I had a really, really, about a 10-minute conversation with him. He took the time. And, you know, off the record, we just had a really good conversation about life. And, you know, he's a family man. While I don't always agree with him on policy, the man, in, the, in my opinion, the most important moment in his career, he's done the right thing. He voted to impeach yeah. Donald Trump because he knew it was the right thing to do. And he spoke about that. And he put his uh, conscience ahead of his career because he's been ostracized totally. by the Republican Party. I don't agree totally. with Liz Cheney. In fact, I disagree with almost everything yep. Liz Cheney stands for policy-wise, but I respect her. I respect Matt Absolutely. Romney. I respect, I respect Adam Kinzinger because when push came to shove yep. and their political careers were on the line, again, they did the right thing. And I would vote for Mitt Romney. I would probably vote for Mitt Romney over Joe Biden, and I can't believe I'm saying that. I agree. But I, I would. I, listen, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah, I met him in an airport one time because he flies commercially. Right. And I said, how, how, you know, he, he, you know, sir, we were kind of just joking around and, you know, he knew I knew who he was or whatever. And I said, gosh, Mr. Romney, how, how do you, you know, how do you sort of um, navigate through all this? He goes, you know, I just try to do what's in my heart. I love you know, that I answer. Tried it. I love that answer. Yeah. I really Yeah, do. it was great. I almost cried. I was like, yeah. good for you. And, and that's you know, why. And, I, and, I, and you know what, my JD, I believe him. I believe him. I do. Yeah, I really do. It doesn't mean we always have to agree with him. But, you know, listen, for a Democrat like yourself to say that you would vote for Mitt Romney over Joe Biden, uh, you know, Republicans don't understand. That's how you win the popular vote. And that's how you win elections. You have to win people like J.D. over who's a Democrat in Utah. Not many Republicans are doing it. J.D., uh, good to hear from you, my friend. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the basketball. Okay, my friend. Take care. Thanks. All right. Take care. Isn't that powerful? 
ladies and gentlemen, if only Republicans could hear that. If only the extremists could hear that when they want to know why they've won, they've lost six of the last seven popular vote presidential elections. J.D. in Utah, who's a Democrat, is a perfect example. He said he would vote for Mitt Romney over Joe Biden. And quite frankly, I'm an independent, but I would too. He's younger, well-spoken, don't always agree with his politics, but I think he has some decency in his heart. And I would vote for Mitt Romney. And I didn't vote for Barack Obama when they ran against one another. And that's the way I vote. If I like both candidates, I don't choose one. I say, you know what? I'm okay if either of them win. And that's the way I voted then. But I can tell you right now, I don't care who Donald Trump is up against in the Democratic Party. Even if I don't like the Democrat, I will still vote for them over Donald Trump any day of the week. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's going to be interesting because former presidential candidate, Joe Walsh is going to be joining us. Of course, former congressman at Chicago. Joe Walsh is going to be joining us next. He did a fine interview with Dinesh D'Souza. I don't know how he did it. I wouldn't be able to keep it together, but he did. Uh, and we're going to talk to him about that next. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero, Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas's top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. 
They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. So glad you could join us. I'll tell you, there's there's not a lot of podcasts that I watch on a regular basis. I really don't, especially with my ADD, by the way. It's hard for me to focus, but I got to tell you, the guy we have on the line with us right now, not only is he a former congressman out of Chicago, a former presidential candidate who I have the utmost respect for, but uh, his podcast, White Flag with Joe Walsh, is so good, and uh, always a pleasure having my friend Joe Walsh join us right now. Uh, Joe, good to see you, my friend. How are you? Hey, Brian. Uh, it's good to be with you. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me? I got you perfectly, man. Right. I'm just so bad with technology. <laughs> so it's am I, Joe. So am I, Joe. We're in the same boat there. You know, I got to tell you, I haven't said a lot of nice things about Dinesh D'Souza over the course of the last couple of years, but you showed so much patience with him. I don't know if I would have been able to do it. What was that like, and how did you land that interview? I, I, well, you know, every week I try to sit down with somebody who doesn't think like me. I, I, I don't want to talk to people who think like I do. I've had a hard time, Brian, getting high-profile people on the right mm. to sit down with me. Welcome to the club. That's what I go with yeah. every day. <laughs> I mean, a lot of my old colleagues in Congress. I've invited Jim Jordan. I've invited. Tucker Carlson, a lot of people, and you know, they're they don't want to do it because they'd rather just be safe in their little cocoons. Uh, Dinesh came out, and uh, we had a really, I think, a good talk about January sixth and the twenty twenty election. Um, but you know what's weird, Brian? I want your take. Most of my followers on the left pretty much said. Oh, Joe, don't talk to him. Don't give him a platform. That's a waste. What's your take on that? I couldn't disagree more. First of all, I want people like you. It could be in a respectful manner, which clearly you did. But I want people like you to expose Dinesh D'Souza for, let's call it for what it is, lies. Uh, I completely yeah. I completely disagree with them. Dinesh D'Souza is not a dumb guy. He's smart. No. He knows how to market himself. He knows how to say controversial things to get clicks. He knows how to put out a movie that he knows the base will love on the right, even though everything basically has been debunked in that movie. But he's not stupid. And I want people like you who are also extremely intelligent to call them out. In that interview that you did with Dinesh D'Souza, he really didn't provide any real evidence that could even come close to proving that the 2020 election was stolen. Yet you really believe, this is my question for you, do you believe, Joe Walsh, that Dinesh D'Souza actually believes that the election was stolen? I do. Uh, And you and I have talked about this before. Not every crazy person on the right believes it. Dinesh does believe it. We've talked enough offline. I'm convinced he does. But what's fascinating, Brian, you know, that that movie, 2000 Mules, when I walked him through it, even by the end of him trying to make his case for it, I said, Dinesh, you realize that that no claims are proven. This is all unproven as of right now. And even he said, yes, he's just trying to put it out there. Um, but he does believe it. He believes it was stolen. And unlike me, Brian, he doesn't believe January 6th 
was a violent attempt to overthrow an election. <laughs> we found some common ground. He agreed with me that it was a bad day. He agreed with me that people should have been arrested, but he didn't think these people were really trying to stop the democratic process. I don't understand that. To me, that's like saying the earth is flat. Uh, many of those people were even screaming out that they wanted to overturn the election. And that was exactly why they were there. Number one, and you know this, they were unhappy with the outcome of the election. And number two, they were buying the BS that Donald Trump and his cronies were spewing that the election was stolen. And they went in there trying to overturn the outcome of the election. I mean, I don't understand. That's like saying the sky isn't blue. So this is why I think I have a hard time getting some of my right-wing media buddies and Congress colleagues to come sit with me because the evidence and the truth is on our side. Like when Dinesh got into January 6th and he was trying to say that these poor grandmas and grandpas didn't know what they were doing, in their own words, thousands, some arrested, in their own words, they've testified they were there to stop the certification, period. Right. So so what you do, Brian, you know this because you do this. You just keep putting the facts in front of them. And I was surprised. Dinesh is a good guy. I've known him a long time. But he really didn't fight back on a lot of the facts. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm glad he did your show. But I got to tell you something. When Barack Obama was president, he would consistently go on Twitter and call Barack Obama a Negro. He's made racist comments about Barack Obama. We know he's been arrested, I, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong for campaign finance fraud. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. You obviously have had private conversations with him. And I've always looked at this guy as a different guy when the cameras aren't on him. But you're telling me he's that same guy. He actually believes this stuff. He believes a lot of it. And, you, yeah, you know what, Brian, you and I have talked about all of my former colleagues in talk radio and in Congress. Do they what happened to them? Why did they all sell their soul to Trump? Mm -hmm. Many of them are true believers and they're crazies. Dinesh isn't a crazy. Many of them are stupid and they're just cheerleaders like Sean Hannity. Right. And by the way, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, no, no. But no. but some are like Dinesh where like Trump just broke him, Brian. I mean, Trump broke him. Mm -hmm. It's like Trump happened and all of a sudden Dinesh's world changed. And he said, oh, my God, I no longer have my following. Oh, OK, I'm going to have to do this. Yeah. And that's what he did. Now, he's always been a little conspiratorial. And so on the election stuff and he it got personal with him and Obama. You're right. Mm -hmm. On some of that stuff, he's been off the planet, but he's Trump broke him, literally broke him. I want to name another guy that will never do your show, I'm sure, but I would love to see it. And that would be Charlie Kirk, um, and <laughs> a, a complete clown, uneducated. But I, I would love for you to interview him. You know, he, he spoke, he's talking at this on this college campus the other day. And Joe, I know just like myself, you would never con condone violence. And Antifa shows up and they're, they're breaking windows and stuff. And they're just idiots for doing that. They shouldn't be doing that. But Charlie Kirk always wants to present himself as a victim. He always wants to say that systemic racism exists with white people, not black people. Uh, what do you make of a guy like Charlie Kirk, who seems to incite violence and, and seems to continue to spread conspiracy theories? He's a he's a poster child for 
this new class of grifters on the right. Um, he's made millions and he's an utter young fraud. Now, I, Brian, I think we've talked about this. You know, it's personal with Charlie Kirk and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I know him. I helped him start Turning Point USA. Right. I was his mentor for the first four to five years. Charlie Kirk, Brian, will never sit down with me because I know the truth about him. We've had conversations going way back about Trump and Trumpism. So Charlie will never come on with me. Yeah. Well, he's because a, he knows yeah. I know. Yeah. And he's a coward. Uh, that's too bad. He's a coward. And, and he'll go to these universities and make his money just like a Ben Shapiro will, even though I find. Well, you know, it's interesting, Brian. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like a lot of people on the left pounded me upside the head <laughs> because they said Dinesh D'Souza is not an honest broker. Yeah. And in many ways, he's not. But if Tucker Carlson called me and said, all right, Walsh, I'll come on your show. I'd have him on, and Tucker's not an honest broker, let but me, I'd love to go at him let, let me, for the uh, things he's said. Let me be very clear, because I get this question a lot, too. If O.J. Simpson, who I believe is a double murderer, was willing to sit, oh. ne- sit next to me and talk about what took place 30 years ago, I would say yes. I believe he's a double murderer. So I think we could put all those conversations aside, regardless of if you think somebody might be despicable or somebody's a liar. Listen, if Donald Trump wanted to do your show, you would do it, right? In a heartbeat. Of and course. Brian, here's the reason. And, and look, I know that I have a weird following now because I've had a weird five or six years. So I do have a lot of people on the left now who follow me. And I get it. They hate everybody on the right. And it's not their job to do what I do. I come from mega world. I come from the cult. Part of my job is to reach these people on the right and try to engage and change some of them. Yeah. But what I'm trying to do, Brian, is this. Dinesh D'Souza is now my political opposition. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to clearly understand how he thinks um, uh, and push back on how he thinks because I want to defeat people who think like him. You've got to know who our political enemies are. Agree. The only reason why I'm skeptical, and I respect your opinion because you're saying that yeah. you believe Dinesh D'Souza believes this stuff. The only reason, and I, I trust your judgment, but the only reason why I'm a little skeptical is because he's doing it for money. He makes this yeah. movie for money. When he spreads conspiracy theories, he does it for money. And many of these far righties like the Charlie Kirks or the Candace Owens are doing it, in my opinion, for one reason. Not because they necessarily believe what they say. They do it for money. Carrie Lake is another example. She knows she's going to get a great gig somewhere if she's not a politician or if she doesn't run for vice president. She's going to get a gig on a network. She's going to be somewhere. And I believe that's why she continues to spread the lies. Dinesh D'Souza profited off of 2,000 mules. He continues to profit and make TV appearances because of the things he says. Oh, hey, Brian, by the way, I agree with everything you just said. And Mm -hmm. so let me me, uh, uh, correct myself. So it's a scale. And most of them, everything they do and say is for the money, the complete grifters. Dinesh, I'm just saying... On the issue of was 2020 stolen, I know that Dinesh believes that. Mm-hmm. On a lot of this other shit and all the other propaganda he's put out there over the years, I don't think he believes most of it. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. On, yeah, I'm sorry. On this one, yep. I know he does. Understood. So I want to ask you, you know, we had Ron DeSantis in town last week and Joe Biden was just here a few days ago in Vegas. I want to 
I've been talking about the difference between the two visits, right? Ron DeSantis comes here to sell his book, uh, which I've said I would use as toilet paper, but that's here nor there. Uh, he comes out here last week, Joe, and he talks about critical race theory. He brags about the migrants he sent to Martha's Vineyard. Literally, he had no solutions to any of the issues facing this country, like gun control or health care or any of the top issues that so many Americans are struggling with today. No solutions. Just tried to sell his book and uh, the red meat uh, of the Republican Party. Joe Biden comes out here. Why does he come out here the other day? Because Nevada leads the country in, in cost of prescription drugs. He comes over here not to try to get votes or to sell a book or make money. He came here and he spoke to at UNLV implementing, or at least what he's trying to implement, to lower the cost of prescription drugs. To me, that is the difference right now between the overwhelming majority of the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, where Democrats are actually coming up with solutions. You might not agree with what they're coming up with, and Republicans, all they want to do is bitch and complain like the Jim Jordans of the world, and they, and they don't have any solutions. Well, um, I agree with you, but in Ron DeSantis's defense, and I don't like him, um, Ron DeSantis wants to be the Republican nominee for president. Mm -hmm. So he has one job right now, Brian, one job. That's every freaking day, throw the red meat up there and get the base to like me. So he's got a much different job and he's in a very different position than President Biden is, who will be, if he runs, the Democratic nominee. Yeah. So Biden can then be above it all and focus on the country. Um, yeah. So I defend DeSantis on that. But, Brian, I know DeSantis. Um, I I'll tell you what, if he runs, he is not going to wear well, man. He is. He's got zero charisma. He's a weird dude. He's weird with people. Uh, he's got a glass jaw. He's easily offended. He's mean. And he can't think on his feet. If Ron DeSantis becomes the Republican nominee, Brian, it will be a miracle because he will prove that you can be a major party nominee for president and be utterly incapable of any retail politics. He cannot do retail politics, and I which is why I think he's going to flame out. I think Donald Trump's going to destroy him in a debate. That's just my personal opinion, Joe. How do you feel about that? I agree. My only caveat is if Trump's heart is into this thing. Like if he really is running hard to be the Republican nominee again, I think he wins. Hmm. Interesting. I, I, I sometimes I wonder if he's yeah. just going through the motions. That's all. Yeah. All right. I, I, fair enough. Uh, I find it interesting that, you know, he's, he's still the governor of Florida and he's on this book tour trying to sell his books, but that's fine. Yeah. If you're just joining us, former presidential candidate, Joe Walsh, love this guy, former congressman in Chicago. A couple more quick questions for you, Joe, and we'll let you go. All right. Let me ask you this. You talked about this on social media. You actually gave a definition of wokeness. I believe that this is a term that Republicans bring up if they just don't like something, they just call it woke. But you actually gave your definition of wokeness on social media the other day. What is it? And, and Brian, what's important is I'm still a hardcore Tea Party conservative. Right. I am a woke conservative. To me, woke is just what's happened to me the last five years. Mm -hmm. I opened my eyes. I woke up and I realized, my God, there are more systemic injustices than I was ever aware of. So to me, woke is just waking up to that, becoming more aware of basic injustices and gaining empathy toward that. That's all. That's all. Nobody's forcing anybody to be woke. 
it's just becoming more aware. And I'm glad that I have. Yeah. I, I, and I am as well. I want to ask you this, uh, you, you know, you know, Jim Jordan pretty well when you, yeah. re- when you request or, or reach out, I guess, to a guy like a Jim Jordan to come on your show, what is his response? Does he just say, no, thank you. Does he give you a reason? So Jordan pretty much stopped talking to me, Brian, after I launched my presidential challenge to Trump. Um, And he and I were really close, man. We talked a lot, man. And he and a number of others did what they could to talk me out of running against Trump. But the minute I got out there and I'm publicly challenging Trump and going after Trump, he won't talk to me anymore. So when I reach out to him, I'll typically hear from a staffer. Right. That's about it. Do they ever give you a reason why he won't come on? No, I- just just uh, just you know, busy, not going to work right now. Yeah. So I, I tend to keep trying every few months, and I will. Yeah. I, I, I really want to hook you up with uh, the Mooch, Anthony Scaramucci. He did this show the other day. I think you guys could have a great conversation. What do you think of Mooch? I love him. I absolutely love him. I love his honesty. That's a true New Yorker. Trump is a fake New Yorker. Uh, the Mooch uh, calls it as he sees it. Uh, his nickname for Donald Trump is Tiny Trump, which I think fits him very well. Uh, he, he t- we talked about Kevin McCarthy. He called him a spineless fish, uh, like you would. Uh, you guys are very similar in a lot of ways in that you're honest. You're not afraid of going after people. You're intelligent. You know how the game is played. And, uh, I mean, that's a guy that I would vote for. I mean, he's a staunch Republican, but like you, he's not happy with where the Republican party is at right now. And he hasn't talked to Trump for, for, for years now. Uh, I guess ever since he made a off color remark, he told me about Steve Bannon and then, and then Trump fired him. Uh, but I, I love the mooch and, you know, you know, Fox news won't, you know, you used to go on Fox news all the time. The mooch used to be on Fox news all the time. They won't have you guys on anymore. Uh, for that, for the reason of just being honest and calling out the far right and the extremism. Period. And Anthony and I have talked about that. Fox News will not have him on or me on. Look, Brian, it's a real short list of Republicans and former Republicans who stood up in the public square these last five, six, seven years and said, no, I can't support that. In fact, I oppose that. Yeah. And every one of us, Brian, who did that, pretty much took a blowtorch to our career. Now, to Anthony Scaramucci's credit, he, he's he's pretty damn wealthy on his own. Yeah. And that wasn't my background. Yeah. But he, he took a hit. Once you come out against Trump in our position, you're done. And that's yeah. hard. Uh, I agree. Uh, Joe, before I let you go, any guests upcoming? Uh, gosh, I love that interview with Dinesh D'Souza. I thought it was great. Any any new guests upcoming or people that you're you're trying to get on an upcoming podcast that you can share with us? Um, uh, no. And I'm, I'm only saying no, cause, um, I've got a number of them in the air and mm-hmm. I don't want to give away any yet, Gotcha. but it, it'll, it'll be the same old thing. Oh, by the way, we moved to three episodes a week next oh, week, I love this that. upcoming week. That's great. Um, so we'll have different conversations and different, I'm going to start giving more advice to Democrats. I'm going to sit down specifically with a Trump supporter every week and try to draw them out. So we're going to keep doing interesting stuff on White Flag with Joe Walsh. Brian, I love being on with you. Thank you, brother. I always love it when you come on, Joe. It's always an honor. You know how much I respect you and uh, always appreciate your time. Joe Walsh, thank you so much as always. You have a great weekend, brother, okay? Hey, you better be drinking tonight. I am. (laughs) Absolutely. St. Patty's. Absolutely. St. Patty's, baby. Joe Walsh, have some fun out there tonight. All right, take care. I I love that guy. I love Joe Walsh. It's a man crush. I love that guy. 
Uh, Joe Walsh is the best. Uh, smart, intelligent, uh, honest, admits when he was wrong. Certainly he admits he was wrong about uh, Donald Trump. What are your thoughts on what Joe Walsh said about the Republican Party? What are your thoughts uh, on uh, that interview? Because, gosh, I always love catching up with, with Joe Walsh. He is he is a man of in- integrity. He is a man who's honest. He is a man who's been ostracized by the Republican Party. I'll open up the phone line, 702-221-7283. Again, that number, 702-221-7283. That's 702-221-SAVE. Uh, Joe's always one of my favorite guests. We had Anthony Scaramucci on the show the other day. Oh boy, that was 30 minutes of fun. <laughs> the Mooch is awesome. He's also very wealthy, uh, but he's, uh, he's a good dude. Uh, Joe Walsh is a guy who I would vote for in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, because I believe, even though I disagree with Joe Walsh on some issues, like maybe abortion, we disagree on some issues. Joe Walsh is a decent man. He's made mistakes. He's made some off-color remarks. He's apologized for those remarks. But Joe Walsh is honest, and he is a decent man. And uh, I say the same about Anthony Scaramucci or Adam Kinzinger or Mitt Romney, to name a few. You might not like their politics, but that's the problem with this country today. If you like their politics and their policies, even though they're despicable people, I'm going to vote for you over a Democrat, or I'm going to vote for you over a Republican. I disagree. I disagree. And everybody's entitled to vote differently, and that is the great thing about living in the United States of America. But I am going to vote for somebody that I think is a decent human being, number one. I can deal with policy issues as long as I know that they're a decent human being and they care about the American people and they're intelligent and they're not only out for themselves, they're out for the country. They want to make this country better. And I think they're a decent person. They treat women with respect or men. (laughs) Then you're going to have my vote. It's as simple as that. Donald Trump is the opposite of that. Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Jim Jordan, they're the opposite of that. Kevin McCarthy has no spine. Matt Gates, we know how he got into office because of his daddy, the former senator. How many DUIs did Matt Gates get out of because of who his daddy was? Matt Gates is exactly what I would call elite white elitists. That's who Matt Gates is. He never had to work an honest, hard day in his entire life. Oh, but Brian, he went to law school. Yeah, take a look at his grades. Take a look at how he got through law school. Marjorie Taylor Greene, here's a woman who comes from an extremely wealthy family. She inherited money from her family. She's never accomplished anything in her life. Lauren Boebert, this is a woman who couldn't run a restaurant, who got everybody sick, who when she decided she was going to run for office, got her GED. She wasn't even high school educated. She has accomplished nothing in her life. She is an extremely ignorant woman. And then we have Gymnasium Jordan, who's never passed one bill his entire political career. And we all know what he did with enabling the the, the victims in that wrestling scandal. He never was brought to justice for it. But I've interviewed some of those victims on the show. And we know that Jim Jordan was involved in the cover up. Why would you vote for people like this? Why would you want a guy like Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker of the GOP? Well, I guess a lot of Republicans didn't want him, to their credit. Why would you want somebody like that representing Republicans in this country? Why? There are reasonable Republicans out there. Now, they might be few and far between. But there are reasonable Republicans out there. I would say Anthony Scaramucci is one of them. I know he's not a politician right now. That's a guy that I wish ran for office. Joe Walsh, a guy I wish ran for office. 
There are reasonable people out there, some who call themselves Reagan Republicans, that would be good leaders within the Republican Party. But you know what? In this day and age, in 2023, they're never going to win. Because if you're going to win in the Republican Party today, it's a party of extremism and conspiracy theories. That's what this party is all about. Don't believe me? Look at the faces of the party. Look at the Marjorie Taylor Greens. I mentioned these names over and over and over again. Now, you might disagree with uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. I know a lot of Republicans can't stand her. I don't believe she's an extremist. I don't always agree with her. I didn't agree with her on the Green New Deal that she tried to put forward. Don't always agree with her. I think sometimes racial issues should be mentioned. Maybe sometimes uh, they're not an issue, and she brings it up, I think, at times where maybe it's not an issue. I don't always agree with Ocasio-Cortez on a lot of different issues. But here is a woman who did it on her own. Nobody gave her anything. She's not some elitist, okay? Alexander Ocasio-Cortez paid her way through school in Boston. She paid her way through school. She bartended to, to pay her way through school, which I think is a wonderful thing. It shows that she is a hard worker. And what did Republicans do? They attacked her for that. They attacked her for getting a college degree without having a family member get her through college. She paid her way through school. And guess what? I respect the hell out of her for that. How do you respect somebody like Matt Gates? How do you respect somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene? Unless you're a far righty who attacks the Biden administration every day, unless you're a far righty who doesn't respect working class Americans and those who work their way to get to the top, you're not going to respect somebody like that. But I respect her. Doesn't mean I have to always agree with her. That's what we're missing in politics today. Something called respect. It's gone. It's certainly gone within the Republican Party. Look at who the leaders are if you don't believe me. I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite gaming bars in town. In fact, it's not one of my favorite gaming bars in town. It is my favorite gaming bar in town. Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. They have got great promotions all month of March, one of which is every Wednesday and Sunday. If you earn 200 points, you get $50 in free play. They got the Pass the Puck contest for Golden Knights games. Jackson's Bar and Grill, great food, by the way. Oh, I took my mom there for lunch. She loved it. Uh, just, just a great place to hang out. A uh, cool local bar with a lot of history. It's been there for decades. You'll see a lot of local celebrities in there from time to time. I saw Larry Johnson in there not that long ago. Anderson Hunt, Marcus Banks. Uh, the late LL Cool J used to hang out. Or I'm sorry, not LL Cool J. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the wrong person. My, my apologies. Uh, although maybe LL Cool J, uh, has been there. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, a lot of, uh, local famous entertainers, uh, hang out at uh, Jackson's Bar and Grill. You never know who you're going to see on any given time. Coolio, who is the person that I was thinking of. So please check him out. Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. I promise they'll take care of you and tell them I sent you. All right, we got a treat coming up next. He is the new head men's basketball coach of the Bowling Green. Of course, I'm talking about my good friend Todd Salmon. Going to talk some NCAA hoops with him and uh, a little bit about, of course, his new gig. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. 
Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Whether you're a corporate executive, on a family vacation, or just passing through, St. George Inn and Suites will meet your specific needs. It's conveniently located near restaurants, shopping, and movie theaters. St. George Inn and Suites offers a variety of room types, two fabulous pools and jacuzzis, a fitness center, a free full hot buffet breakfast, and laundry facilities. To make your booking, call 435-673-6661 or book online at stgeorgeinnhotel.com. You need to stop in Southern Utah? Make that stop at St. George Inn and Suites. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and the latest lines on every game. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards on every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino, Fiesta Wildfire, or the El Cortez. Details at the Sportsbooks. The Farmer's Burger from Farmer Boys. Beef, bacon, cheese, hand-smashed avocado, and fresh veggies. Best burger champ. That's how we drop the mic. Farmer Boys. Farm food ain't fast food. Farmer Boys' new always crispy fries stay crispier and tastier all the way home. If they make it home. Sharing is caring. Farmer Boys. Farm food ain't fast food. The world-famous radio shopping show weekday on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas and KSHP.com. The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily reflect those of station staff, management, and advertisers. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. Uh, in case you haven't already noticed, there is some 
pretty good college basketball games going on uh, as we speak. And uh, boy, it's my favorite time of the year. I love March Madness. And uh, what better person would know a little bit, a thing or two about March Madness uh, than the guy we have with us on the line right now? You know, I followed this guy at Finley Prep. Uh, he did a great job at Finley. Then he's uh, moves on to uh, the assistant coach at UNLV under Dave Rice. He turns into being the uh, interim head coach at UNLV. Then gets the gig at Southern Utah. At the time, one of the worst D1 college basketball programs in the country. Completely turns the program around. Gets them into the whack. Has an unbelievable year this year. And I've been saying to myself, just a matter of time before Todd Simon uh, gets a, a gig and, and moves up the ladder. And now he's the new head coach for the Bowling Green. And he joins me right now on the line. Todd, I know it's been a busy couple days for you. But I wanted to start off by saying congratulations on the new gig. You and your family must be very excited. Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. And all the, we're, we're 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 ecstatic to be here. It's a, it's a, just a tremendous setup, and uh, we think it's a sleeping giant that we can really build into uh, a Mac perennial uh, championship contender. Yeah, let's. I want to talk about the Bowling Green, but let me start from the beginning here. I mean, this was a vision you had a long time ago, right? Uh, you get the gig at Southern Utah. Obviously, you know, I was one of the people here in Vegas that was hoping that UNLV would keep keep you. Uh, they didn't, and they've suffered because of that decision, in my personal opinion. But you get the job at Southern Utah. You take over a program that's winning like several games a year. They're one of the worst in D1 basketball. What made you say to yourself, you know what? I think I can turn this thing around, and obviously you did. Yeah, you know, I think uh, when we took it over, it was kind of the ultimate challenge. You know, there, it was a struggle for a little bit, and and uh, but we had a a uh, athletic director and, and and some donors and and some community members and and folks on campus and a president that that uh, kind of sold the belief, and so that kind of changed things. And, and, and then it was just about us kind of taking that and, and cultivating that into a winning program. So, uh, you know, you know, I think we, I think I believe in uh, what we do and it just, it's, so it's, it's a formula that works I mean, and with a little bit of hard work and persistence and belief and, and energizing the program. I think, I think people feel the energy that, that we, we put out. Yeah. And, uh, I think that that translates. Yeah, and it and it translated this past year into you guys moving to the WAC, which is a pretty darn good conference, right? Eleventh best conference in the country, if I'm not mistaken. And you have an incredible year, year one. I mean, you were picked like what eighth or ninth in the conference preseason. Not only do you get the three seed, right, but you end up getting into the finals of the WAC tournament. And obviously, you guys ran out of gas, rightfully so. But you know what an incredible ride and and what an incredible run it must have been a lot of fun for you to be on ESPN2 and get all that national exposure and the run that you guys had it, it really was incredible no i appreciate it no we we went into that expecting to win you know we were expecting to win championships and you know we didn't play real great in in the in, for the first game and a half and obviously the 23 point comeback in the second half really kind of garnered some national attention and and uh, you know, it was a spectacular execution by our guys that that made it happen, and I was really, really happy with their with their effort. And and, and you know, it was 16 minutes left in that game, and we we're down 23, and the guys believed they're going to win, and and uh, just chipped away at that lead with our press, and and just hey, just kept the steady, the steady as we go type of mentality, and and, yeah. and gave ourselves a shot at the end, which which you know obviously went in. So yeah. But it kind of cost us the championship a little bit. We can't dig that hole because you know right. we, we kind of ran out of gas in about 15 minutes into that game, uh, and Grand Canyon was was playing. You know they were buzzsaw. They they hit I think uh, 31 threes in two days. 
uh, that finished that tournament, and, and they and they played spectacular. So, got to give them credit. Do you agree with me in a sense that I'm not saying uh, that that Grand Canyon team is going to be Gonzaga, but I've said to myself that I think they can be competitive and they can keep that game fairly close. What do you think about that matchup? You coached against Grand Canyon. You know how good they are. They got plenty of guys that can shoot the three. They got big men that have great post moves, but they can also shoot the hell out of the ball. Do you think that Grand Canyon can hang with Gonzaga in the first round? Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, they... When they're making shots like that, they have the size to match any Power Five uh, team, and and they have they have depth. And when whenever those shots are falling, they're 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 very difficult to beat. And, that, and I said they, that the way they played in that championship game, they would have won any conference tournament game, mm-hmm. and a conference championship, and uh, and then that's how well they were they were just being made as pay, and and they're shooting behind, shooting late clock threes going in and coming off. You know, every mistake we made, we tried five different coverages and di- different defenses, matchup zone and zone and man, and and they and they were just spectacular. So I, if they if they can bottle that up for for one more game, it's going to be a heck of a ball game with yeah. Gonzaga. I tend to agree with you. Is it a little weird for you, Coach? That uh, how does this feel for you? That you know you got this great new opportunity and it's exciting, yet your team is still your, your former team now is still playing, right? Southern Utah has a CBI game first round. I believe it's in. Da- I, I, I'm trying to remember where it is, but uh, you're 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 the official Bowling Green head coach, and I understand that. And this happens with a lot of coaches, but yet your Southern Utah team, your former team, is still playing. Is that a little strange? No, it certainly is, and, and that's not—it's not ideal. But it's—it's it's, you know, there's, there's a business side of this, unfortunately. But it, it, it that postseason berth, you know, was earned by those players, and they deserve to play in that tournament down in uh, Florida. And and uh, and at this point in time, you know, 35 games in uh, for those fifth-year seniors, and which is there's a bunch of them and all that stuff. But there are they can—they're going to be able to handle this thing and make a run, and and and, and hopefully. Uh, and my assistant's been with me for a bunch of years, and, and it's it's right for him to have his crack at it, and and yeah. so I fully support that and happy for him, and and hope they win a championship. I'll be their absolute biggest fan watching all these games. What was it like for you going into that Bowling Green Arena for the first time, Todd Simon as the head coach? What was that like for you and your family to walk into that building for the first time, knowing that hey, I'm the guy running the show? Yeah, it was it, it was special, you know, and. Uh, it, this is a, an unbelievable setup. Great arena, well put together. It's, it has all the bells and whistles in terms of the facilities and practice facilities, and, and you know the, the, the whole the whole thing. So, and to do it now, kind of here in the Midwest in the MAC. You know, I went to, went to the you know, played uh, or um, went to school here in the MAC, and, and it was a part of this part of the country for for you know my. Through through college and, and so having this kind of uh, come full circle to a degree is, is, is really special, you know. And it's two hours from home, and my parents are there, and, and, and siblings and nieces, and uh, you get you name it. We had uh, a whole a whole crew here, and, and that just you know, as you get a little older, that becomes a little more meaningful. Do you think there's any chance that we can see a home and home with UNLV? <laughs> I have to ask you that question. <laughs> You know, hey, I'd love nothing more. I know that nothing more. But uh, I think my uh, my chances of getting them to fly cross country to come here would might be a little bit might, might be a little tough. But I certainly, you know, you know me, I I, I relish any opportunity to play uh, 
you know, kind of my our adopted second hometown in, of uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, and let me remind people that you were on the road against Kansas. A lot of people have Kansas winning the whole thing this year. And I, I, I mean, it, in a way, it's a nice moment, and it's also maybe a little bit of a painful moment that you were down one point with like a minute to go in that game, and Southern Utah could have beat Kansas on the road. Uh, what do you make of that? I mean, you were on the road against uh, what a lot of people say are a team that's favored to win it all this year. Yeah, you know, there's a 25 lead changes. I mean, hmm. that place is rocking from beginning to end, and you know, it was like the ultimate challenge, and we and we and, and guess what? We left that game saying, you know what, Kansas is pretty good, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they were pretty good. And I told him, I said, you know, I I thought we, I think we're pretty good, and and, and you know, we're we're going we're going to be all right this year, and and all that good stuff. But yeah. uh, Kansas, you know, they're not sneaking up on anybody. I can promise you that. But they. Uh, that they are, they're, they're spectacular, and, and they're and they're you know so good and well coached, and, and yeah. such a good product that they put on the floor. That, but it is kind of cool. That, hey, but at the end of the day, we are one loose ball away from getting getting a shot to win that I feel really good about, and uh, the ball went the wrong way, and we didn't get it, and there you have it. How does it work for you in, in finding your staff? Is this a similar staff that you're going to take with you from Southern Utah? Or is this? A, have you made that determination even yet? Because I know everything's happened so fast. Or are you going to be hiring a new coaching staff? What, have you made those determinations yet? No, those will come in time. we got to let some dust settle here. And, and obviously, there's, you know, the Thunderbirds still playing. So a lot of those guys are all still in the, in the trenches trying to trying to win a championship here in the postseason. So right. uh, I'm, I'm in full support there. It won't be a distraction and then just kind of let, let, let this thing, uh, yeah. you know, I do bright by, by Southern Utah and, and, and let those guys do their job and then we'll kind of sort it out after. Understood. I know you probably with everything that's happened here, uh, positives in the last several days for you, of course, but I don't know if you've had an opportunity to enjoy any of the games. Uh, but if you have, or, or any thoughts on this tournament, any sleepers that you think can go deep that not a lot of teams are talking about and, and who do you got going, going to the final four, or maybe even winning this whole thing? Yeah. You know, this is the first year where, uh, you know, I haven't, uh, been fully engaged in it, but I've caught a few, few endings and, 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 you know, a couple of the late night games last night and, and, uh, it, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I, I, it's such a matchup tournament. It's really about the matchups and, and, uh, but when, when, when the dust settles, like, gosh, you know, I think Houston's got as good a chance as anybody, you know, Kansas will be right there. And, uh, you know, I think Purdue that with the big fellas going to, they've got, they, got, they can beat you in a couple different ways. Them, but they have one way they can kind of beat you with with Big ED that's a little bit different than everybody else. So right. those are kind of the ones that, that I circle a little bit. Yeah, it should be uh, it should be a fun couple days, Todd. And I know how busy you are. So uh, I know you. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but you had the press conference yesterday, right? All that stuff happened yesterday. Yeah. Yep. And the press conference yesterday morning, and and uh, you know a lot of a lot of the. A lot of the circuit right now, trying to get people excited about Bowling Green basketball, and then we got to kind of have a symbol roster and, and, and start building this thing, you know, brick by brick, like we've like we've done before. 
Yeah. And, and you're going to have a little bit more money to be able to recruit and, and do the things that you need to do to be successful. If you are able to do it at Southern Utah, all due respect to that school. If you are able to do it at Southern Utah, then you're certainly going to be able to do it uh, as the Bowling Green head coach. Todd, I know there's a lot of people in Vegas like myself that couldn't be happier for you. You're, you're a great guy and you're a very talented coach. And uh, I don't know where you're going to be 10 years from now, but I know you're going to keep moving up the ladder. I know that. And uh, you're going to do a great job over there. They are very lucky to have you. And uh, I wish you the best of luck. And I'm going to get out there for a game, my man. I'm going to find a way to get out there for a game or two. And uh, I just appreciate all the times you do this show, Coach. And uh, we'll talk soon. And I know you're going to be out here in Vegas recruiting soon. I, I don't think that's a question, right? <laughs> no, no, no question. And, and to, to everyone from Vegas that reached out, I mean, I just have had a outpouring of, of folks, you know, uh, reach out. It, it, you know, it means a lot. And uh, certainly certainly loved our uh, 12, 13 years out there. So I Absolutely. certainly appreciate that. And, uh, will slowly work my way to get back to everybody, but it does mean a lot. Oh, no, and you deserve it, Coach. Uh, you know how much I, I've always believed in you. So I, I wish you the best of luck out there. We'll talk soon, and I appreciate your time as always. And uh, go get it out there, okay? All right, thank you so much. Thanks, Todd. Uh, that's uh, the new Bowling Green head basketball coach, Todd Simon. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. I've known Todd since he uh, was the head coach at Finley Prep, and uh, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, at least the basketball program. And, um, you know, it's interesting. And then we'll get to more of like the, the national NCAA basketball scene after I take a break. But, you know, I got to exhort my frustrations a little bit here. I said from day one when they fired Dave Rice, and by the way, I don't think it was the right decision to fire Dave Rice midseason. They should have fired him at the be- before the beginning of the season. Or at the end of the season, Tina Kunzer Murphy had no idea what she was doing, like many of the athletic directors over there, not the current one. I like Mr. Harper. Desiree Reed Francois was a disaster. The Joker was a disaster. But going back to Todd Simon, they had an opportunity to bring Todd Simon back. Now, I know Stacey Ogman didn't want to come back, and I'm fine with that because Stacey Ogman was a star at UNLV, but let's be clear, he didn't recruit anybody when he was here. He did nothing. I want to find somebody that, as an athletic director, if I was, that recruits talent. Todd Simon has a proven track record of that. Why wouldn't you bring him back as the head coach for one year? I will never understand that. That was a huge mistake because I guarantee you if Todd Simon stayed here, and they allowed him to stay. You wouldn't have Kevin Kruger. You wouldn't have had Marvin Menzies. You wouldn't have TJ Otzelberger. And Todd would not have been in the playing game in the Mountain West Conference every year like the team seems to do every year. All due respect to Kevin Kruger, he's just not done a good job. So he goes over to Southern Utah, and UNLV makes another horrendous decision because they've made so many of them over the years. I don't blame Todd for taking the Southern Utah job, his first head coaching position. Completely turns the program around, like completely. They go from one of the worst teams in Division I basketball to one of the best teams in the big sky within a couple of years. And then he gets them into the whack. And what does he do? He wins in year one. He wins a lot in year one. He makes national news and people are talking about him. By the way, I've had private conversations with Todd. He's been offered other jobs in the past. 
he decided to take this one so he could be very close to his family. UNLV screwed this thing up from the start. They screwed it up when they hired Dave Rice. They screwed it up when they didn't re-sign Lon Kruger. They screwed it up when they hired Marvin Menzies. TJ Otzelberger never wanted to be here. Regardless of the type of coach you think he is, he never wanted to be here. Todd Simon wanted to be here. He wanted the head coaching job. They didn't give it to him. They hired people that don't want to be here. You think Marcus Arroyo wanted to be here? You think he embraced this city? He was terrible. He was an embarrassment. I like Odom. I think he's embraced this position. And he's proved it with action by going to a plethora of Las Vegas high schools and developing relationships with those coaches. I like Odom and I like what he's done from the beginning. With Kevin Kruger, it's not that I don't like the guy and it's not that he's not doing the right things. I love his family. Lon Kruger, legend. I like Kevin. He's an easy guy to root for. He's just not getting it done. He's not winning. At some point, you have to say to yourself, it's time to win. And that's why I say we give Kevin Kruger one more year. Give Kevin Kruger one more year. You don't have to win the conference tournament, but you got to get into some sort of postseason tournament, whether it be the NCAA tournament or the NIT. By the way, I told you guys that the Mountain West Conference was trash and it wasn't as good as everybody said it was. I said it at the beginning of the year. This is where me and Kevin Kruger disagreed. And I said it before the NCAA tournament. I said Nevada had no place in this tournament, and I don't think Boise State deserved to be in either. I give it to Utah State because they made it to the finals of the Mountain West Conference tournament, losing to San Diego State. I would have said a maximum of two teams should have been in. Nevada had no business in this tournament. Arizona State smoked them. And Boise State lost to Northwestern yesterday as well. And Utah State lost. The only team that I said had a chance to win one or two games was San Diego State because they've got really good athletes and they're very good defensively. Uh, I don't know if they win their second round game. Possible. But congratulations to Dutch. That's where UNLV basketball should be. I'm not saying UNLV basketball should be making the Final Four every year. They're going to be a top 10 team in the country. But there is no reason why UNLV shouldn't be right there with San Diego State. And they're not. And they haven't been for, to me, since... Lon Kruger. And yes, Todd Simon would have taken this job in a heartbeat. Not anymore. Not anymore. Because the Bowling Green got him for a, you know, got the pay raise. And he's going to win at Bowling Green. It's going to take some time. He's not going to do it right away, although I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if he was able to do that. But I think it's going to be very similar to a Southern Utah situation where it's going to take him a couple of years recruit, get that coaching staff in place, and win. And that's what Todd Simon will do. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I told you guys that Todd Simon would get a better job, you know, a year ago. And now I'm going to say it like this. Within five years, I guarantee that Todd Simon is going to be in the Big East or the Big Ten or the Pac-12. Within five years, he's going to uh, turn the Bowling Green program around and he is going to get a big time, I mean big time job. Because he, to me, is one of the best young, younger up and coming coaches and has been for quite some time in all of Division I college basketball. And if UNLV ever came a calling, he would not take the job, I don't believe, because I think there are, well, there will be better jobs out there for him in three, four, maybe five years. And again, people are going to call me crazy for saying this. Congratulations to Tom Izzo, by the way, at Michigan State. It would not surprise me if Tom Izzo retired in several years, if Todd Simon took over that program. He is a Michigan boy. He knows Tom Izzo. 
He's very familiar with that program. If he turns this thing around, it wouldn't be surprising to me that if, if one day, could be three, four, five years down the road, that Todd Simon one day is the head coach of the Michigan State Wolverines. That would not uh, – Spartans, I'm sorry, <laughs> Michigan State Spartans. Um, that would not surprise me one bit. Sometimes programs could blame luck. Sometimes programs um, can say they were unlucky. Chris Beard getting hired here and then leaving after a week was very unlucky. UNLV, though, has created their own luck or lack thereof. Number to call, 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, talking some hoops, we're going to get into the NCAA tournament. I'm going to talk to you about, if you've been listening to the show, you're making money. And by the way, I don't sell picks and, and claim to be 80% in the NFL or 80% in college basketball because I'm not a liar like some people. You listen to some radio stations, you hear some people, and they'll claim that they're these these so-called experts, and then you know they, uh, they, they have no idea what they are talking about. What are your thoughts on the NCAA tournament? What are your thoughts on UNLV? What are your thoughts on... And by the way, the women are in action, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, Mark Hayes, give me an update on that. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the UNLV women, but are they not doing good? What's what's going on there? Uh, they are. What's what's the what do you got? What's the update? Oh, see that that's that's not good. Uh, UNLV women down forty eight thirty four. That's not good. Now I know they didn't get a very good seating, so some people might give excuses. But here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. They've already been in the NCAA tournament last year. This is their second appearance in a row. You got to win NCAA tournament games. We're going to look back if they lose this game and you say to yourself, well, LaRock did a pretty good job, right? They A uh, great job. They won the tournament, the, the the Mountain West Conference tournament. They won how many games in a row? They won the regular season title. But when you have a season like that, there are expectations in the NCAA tournament. Not even say you have to win two games, but you got to get that first round game. And they're playing Michigan, if I, if I believe. And uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, down 14, they can come back. But this is a very, this will be a very disappointing first round loss. And again, I would say to Coach LaRock, you have to have a better out-of-conference schedule. You can complain about your seating until the cows come home. You're beating up all these Mountain West Conference teams. Your out-of-conference schedule was terrible. I have the same criticism for Kevin Kruger. Your out-of-conference schedule is terrible, and it bites you in the butt in March. Right now, it bites you in the butt. doesn't matter with the UNLV men because they weren't making any postseason turn, but the women are. They're in there. The reason why they got this seating is because their out-of-conference schedule, for lack of a better term, sucked. And LaRock needs to, listen, she has done a phenomenal job turning this program around, but she has failed in that category of scheduling. And this is why they had to play Michigan in the first round. And I hope I'm wrong, but it doesn't look like they're going to win this basketball game. And that is a very disappointing end of the season. All right, number to call, 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to join the show, 702-221-7283. Who do we got on the line here? I'm sorry, Mark, you gave me the name. I'm very forgetful already at the age of 42. Thank you, Mark. Uh, let's go to Edward. Edward, what's going on, man? Hey what's, hey, what's going on, man? I'm a little nervous, but I'm going to talk a little fast. So I'll slow it down, okay? Okay, slow it down, my friend. Are you on some speed this morning? Uh, slow down a little bit. <laughs> sorry, a little excited. Hey, first-time caller, long-time listener. Thank I'm calling you. out of San Antonio, Texas. Oh, cool. Cool. And I wanted to say, hey, first off, I like the, the video you did with Daniel Negreanu. That was a great interview, by the way. Oh, big, thanks, my big man. Daniel's thank you. I, I appreciate you, that. I want to give you props on that one. And then I've got a couple of questions uh, about the NCAA and, uh, yeah. and uh, NBA as well. Sure, let's do so it. Here's my, que- here's my question first off. Do you think the NCAA really, the men's program, do you think they really want a Cinderella team to win it all, like Texas Tech almost won it a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah. Good question. 
That's a, that's a great question. And I'll give you the best answer and the most honest answer I could. Yes. You yeah. know why? Ratings. What? When you have Cinderella really? teams, you remember that run that Steph Curry had and, and uh, you know, I, I just remember. It, yeah, correct. That the ratings were yeah. monstrous. And I, and I remember, um, uh, coach Shaka, I remember he, uh, he had a, a deep run in the tournament. The ratings were fantastic. Here's why. While it's great mm-hmm. to have a big time matchup, like if Houston plays Kansas or, I mean, listen, that's, oh, that, yeah. that, that's great as well. I think we all agree on that. But when you have those Cinderella teams that make deep runs, even for people that don't gamble on games, you root for the underdog and it gives you that rooting interest, you know? And if you get that rooting interest, there's a lot of people that are not, uh, sports fans that'll watch, right? They'll watch. And, and I believe, you know, the sister Jean story was fantastic. That deep run that they had. And so, yeah, it, it, I know I'm giving a long answer here, but the answer is yes. Having those Cinderella teams go deep in the tournament is what's great about the NCAA tournament. So, that, yes, I believe the answer is yes. Okay. And so I was going to follow up on that. Like, okay, if we watch the NCAA, some people watch the, the 64, the 32, the 8, you know, the Final Four. It depends on what you like. Not, not, everyone, not everything is for everybody. But watching these players, we see some people that are highlights. And it's like, wow, they did so great in the tournament. These guys are going to be the next pros coming up. But some of them have a tendency to look great now and flop later on. Do you agree? Good, good, I completely agree. And I'll give you a perfect example. I have picked, and, and I'm not picking chalk. Uh, I, have okay. pick, I, have picked, <laughs> I have picked UCLA to win the whole thing this mm-hmm. year. And the reason why is because they got good post play if they're healthy. And they have, mm-hmm. in my opinion, at times anyway, is the best point guard in the country. And Tiger, to mm-hmm. me, is the best po- when he's playing well. A lot of people don't think Tiger's an NBA player. And, and I agree, yeah. I agree with them. I'm not sure he will, tri- but he is a phenomenal point guard in, in, in college basketball. And you'd be hard pressed to find an NCAA tournament championship team. You know, that, that doesn't have a real good quality guard. I mean, I go back in the day, if you remember Mateen Cleaves, I don't know how old you are, Michigan State. Mateen did not, no. he, he won a national championship with Michigan State. He did not have much of any NBA career. Um, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, the answer is yes. I mean, I don't think, uh, just because you're a great college player doesn't necessarily, look at Christian Leitner. The guy is arguably yeah. the best college basketball or one of the best college basketball players oh, of all yeah. time. Had a terrible NBA yeah. career. Uh, Jimmer forget. <laughs> there was a year. The Jimmer, the Jimmer craze, uh, you know, the Jimmer. I mean, we, we call it a three point shot. Uh, uh, you're Jimmering. You're a Jimmer. Uh, the guy had no NBA career. So, uh, just because you're a great college player doesn't necessarily transcend to the NBA. Yeah. And you remember, let's, let's just talk a little bit about history, about like the Fab Five from Michigan. They screwed it up at the last moment, uh, where uh, Weber, Weber but, called yeah. the timeout. Sure. Remember sure. that one? Of course I do. How could I forget that? Coach Fisher. Absolutely. I, that's true. And like I said, I was just wanting to know what your opinions were on a few things. And like, even though we're talking about college, like, should we be start, should the NBA and stuff like that, not just look at college, but even like European players and across the ocean, like, like our, our city, the San Antonio Spurs is really big. They've been, we've been known to pick up a lot of European, a lot of foreign players compared to us. Is that maybe a bad thing? No, I think it's great. I think it's great. Uh, And by the way, you have a phenomenal coach out there, as you already know, uh, Greg Popovich. I love, I love Pop. I I don't know when he's going to retire. I actually think that Becky. I hope he doesn't. 
Well, I hope I do. I hope it's Becky Ham. Yeah, I, I really truly believe our Aces head coach here, Becky Hammond, will be the next San Antonio Spurs head coach. I really do believe that's going to happen. I do too. And I also believe she deserves it. But uh, I love Popovich. I love it how he speaks out on social issues. He's not afraid to go after mm-hmm. people. Uh, I love that about him. Oh. I've had the I've had the opportunity to interview him multiple times when he was a coach here, an assistant at USA Basketball. And, uh, and of course the head coach now. So I just think he's done a phenomenal job. Uh, with that, uh, with that being said, uh, I, I truly believe that getting European players, you know, I remember back in the day, uh, we watched a lot of Hito Turkoglu, Peja Stoyakovich, to name a few. And now, you know, we've got some of the best players in the league, including a guy that plays for the Dallas Mavericks that I heard is pretty darn good. Uh, and you know, we got, we, we got a lot of, we, I, I, this has been going on for a long time. It's been going on back since the 80s. You know, I, I remember Vladi Divac. I grew up a Boston Celtics oh, fan. Yeah. Dino Raja. Uh, you know, I, I, so many great European players uh, have transcended to playing here in America, and it's really panned out well. This is going to continue to happen. This is a worldwide sport. Scouts everywhere. Tons of European scouts at the NBA Summer League here in Vegas every year. And uh, there's no mm-hmm. question in my mind it's going to continue, my friend. But I appreciate you finding the show out there in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, I, 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 I appreciate you calling in and you calling any time, okay, my friend? Hey, happy St. Patrick's Day to all the viewers and everyone that's listening. Happy St. Patrick's Day to y'all. Don't get too drunk. Thank you. Have a great time. and enjoy. I'm enjoying the show, and I'll keep listening. Thanks, all right? my man. I appreciate that. Whatever... Uh, Whatever drugs that guy is on, I have to, I have to find. Let me tell you, that guy's a happy man. He talks fast. He's a fast talker, but I trust him. You know how some people say, you talk fast, don't trust people. No, I trust that guy. He's just really happy and he's energized. That guy should run for president. You know, low energy. You know, that's what Donald Trump would always say. Low energy Biden. That guy's not low energy. How about that, folks? I love getting calls. We got to, let's see, where do we get a call from? We got a call from Puerto Rico today. We got a call from Utah. We got a call from San Antonio, Texas. And then, unfortunately, we get those boring calls from Vegas. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We love our local callers as well. Open up the lines again, 702-221-7283. And again, that number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation. We are going to be talking some hoops next segment. I'm going to be talking about the embarrassing performance by the Arizona Wildcats. Yes, it was an embarrassing performance. And I am pissed off because I believe Mark will agree with me on this one. It ruined my bracket. I'm angry. I'm pissed off. Uh, the Arizona Wildcats lose to Princeton and the Princeton offense. What? I don't know. I'm confused. There are other games going on right now. We'll give you an update on the UNLV women. And uh, by the way, I have given out two picks on this show. I've been right about each of them. I, they, I have gone against the Mountain West Conference. Uh, actually, 3-0. and I, I told you San Diego State was going to win. I told you to go against Boise State yesterday. They lost. Uh I don't know if I gave out the uh, going against Utah State pick, but I did give out uh, the Nevada going against Nevada, taking Arizona State. I have some picks today that I absolutely love. I am 3-0 and on this show, so if you want to make some money, I'm not one of those people that sells picks, and I'm not one of these people that claims to be 80%. You know who I'm talking about. There are people on the radio and on TV that claim they are professional handicappers. Hey, I went 80-30 and 30 in the NFL. Really? Uh, where can we find that? Uh, online where it's uh, verified. Oh, well, I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, because nobody's 80 and 30 in the NFL, and they're called liars, ladies and gentlemen. They are liars. You know what I tell most professional handicappers? You know what I say to them? If you're so good at what you do, then why do you need to sell your picks? If you're making so much money, and you're such a phenomenal 60% handicapper, which, by the way, nobody is, if you're claiming to be 60%, then why do you need to sell your picks? Why don't you just bet 
$5,000 a game and you're going to be loaded. Uh, I'd like to help people. Yeah, okay. Because they're all frauds. That's why. 99 out of 100 professional sports handicappers are frauds. I'll tell you one guy that's not, Bill Krakenberger, who's been in this show before. Anthony Curtis. Those are smart people and they, they have a bunch of people that they confide with and they are winning handicappers. But even they would not say they are 60% because they're not liars and they're honest. They're not Vegas Daves out there. Uh, the scumbag Vegas Dave. Uh, so at this time of year, you're going to get a lot of people that are going to claim that they're professional handicappers. They'll go on radio shows and they'll sell their picks or they'll say, hey, you don't make any money until I win. Uh, it's so funny. Before I take a break here, I know I'm going on a little professional handicapping tangent. I went on Twitter today, which I guess was a mistake to start. And I'm not going to say who it was, but there's a guy who peddles his picks and claims to be a professional handicapper. And this guy, it's so funny because... This guy gives out his picks on social media 15 minutes into the basketball game. And 15 minutes into the game today, I'm giving you a perfect example of what a scumbag this guy is. 15 minutes into the game, he says, I hope you took my pick. UC Santa Barbara plus 10 and a half. At the time, UC Santa Barbara was up three. That's the time that he said he put out the pick on Twitter. And then the few customers that he have are on Twitter and they're saying, you never gave me that pick. You never gave me that pick. What are you talking about? So first of all, he's a fraud and he's a liar. And secondly, Baylor won by 18 points. You dope. You dope. Some of my friends know exactly who I'm talking about. I won't mention his name, but uh, they know who I'm talking about. I swear, you go on this guy's Twitter page. He gives out his pick 15 minutes into the game. How hard is that? And he still loses. <laughs> Professional handicapper. Oh, my gosh. Wayne Allen Cook. I'll mention his name. I once had a conversation with, by the way, I wasn't talking about Wayne Allen Cook. I was talking about somebody else who's just as despicable as him. Wayne Allen Cook, I said to him, like, Wayne, how do you make your picks? Do you do research? Oh, I just go against the public. Oh, that's, well, that's, well, geez, let me pay you for that. That's, that's really, that's genius, Wayne. Um, anyway, the point being is I'm actually, I actually am trying to help some of you out there. I had a call from a friend of mine yesterday. He's like, Brian, he's like, Brian. Maybe I should pay somebody for picks, or maybe if you give me your picks, no, I'll give you my picks for free. I don't want to make money off you, and don't pay anybody for picks, because if they're charging you for picks, chances are they don't have money, and chances are they're a fraud, and if somebody tells you that they have, they're have, they a winning college basketball player, tell them where you can verify that information. Not if somebody could just send you an email and give them their picks. There are websites out there where they verify professional sports handicapper picks. I can tell you right now, Nobody in the world was 80 and 30 in the NFL, but the guy I was telling you about is claiming that he was, can't verify it anywhere. This is such a scumbag type of business, and there are a few good ones that I've had in studio here, Bill Krakenberger being one of them. The guy's a genius, but he'll never tell you he's 60%, but he's a winning handicapper. You know, there are a few guys out there that I trust. Gail Alexander over at VEASAN. Really smart guy. Knows his tennis. He zones in on certain sports. Uh, he gives me picks now and then because he's a friend. Really smart guy. Anthony Curtis, professional gambler. has been on this show before. Professional blackjack counter. He has a team of people in Las Vegas who we trust. They confide together and they don't give you 20 picks a day. Maybe one or two. Some days no picks at all because they're winning players. Maybe 55%. I don't know. Maybe 56%. Nobody in the world is 60% over five years. That is a lie. And if anybody tells you that, they are a liar and they are a flat earther. 
Uh, and chances are, if they tell you they're they're 80 and 30 in the NFL, it's probably the same person that tells you that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. I'm just saying, folks, it's the same kind of person. You're either very stupid, very unintelligent, or you're a liar, or maybe both. Uh, and that's why I don't hang out with these people anymore. But anyway, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, oh, yeah, I got to talk a little bit about the Arizona Wildcats. Will there be any upsets today? Uh, no, I'm not claiming I'm 80%. I'm actually 100%. That's right. After all, I just said I'm 100% on this show in the last week. Verified because I said it on the radio. I'm 3-0 with the picks I've given out this week. And I've got one pick that I'm going to give you tonight. And guess what? I'm not even going to charge you for it. How about that? We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits. Let me give out that number one more time. 702-221-7283. Again, that number if you want to be a part of the conversation. 702-221-7283. Maybe I should start my own sports handicapping business. I don't know. I'm, I'm 80%. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. It's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call, 702-248-0554. 
All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on an NCAA tournament first round Friday. So glad you could join us. Listen, nobody wants to get sick, right? But if you're not feeling good and you got some issues and you need some help, I couldn't recommend a better place than Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care located at 6125 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 1B. No appointment needed, but if you want to give them a call, you can at 702-248-0554. You could also visit them online at saharawesturgentcare.com. I was in and out of there in 20 minutes. You go to some of these urgent care facilities and it's just... You know, you got to wait sometimes for hours. Uh, not not the case there. Jessica and Andrew will take care of you. They took care of me, and they're wonderful people. So please check them out. Sahara West Urgent Primary Care and tell them that I sent you. All right, before we get to the uh, the men's side of things in the NCAA tournament, I got to tell you I'm very disappointed with the UNLV women. Um, me and Mark were just talking off the air, and uh, I start with, listen, great regular season, but, you know, this is their second year in a row. They, they got to the NCAA tournament. They almost beat Arizona last year. And you said, wow, what a great year. You know, let's get it done next year. And they did until now. And they're getting absolutely destroyed by Michigan, like destroyed. This is the problem. And this is uh, coach LaRock has done a phenomenal job, but this is where I criticize her. When you don't have a good out of conference schedule, it hurts you with seating. You can beat up everybody in the mountain West conference and win the mountain West conference tournament. And that's great. You got your trophy, but you're not going to get the respect from the committee. And the UNLV women didn't get the respect. And they play Michigan, and now you're making the committee look right because you're getting absolutely destroyed by Michigan. So uh, while you got to give Coach LaRock a lot of praise for turning the program around, and I would always do that, this is a very, if in fact they do lose, which it appears as though they do, they're getting killed, uh, this is a disappointing end of the season, a very disappointing. Not only that, but you're getting blown out. It's not even a competitive basketball game. And that is really, really disappointing. Obviously, the big shock, I don't think I'm alone here, by the way, is the Arizona Wildcats. Um, so I watched the Pac-12 tournament, which those of you that might not know is here in Las Vegas. And I said to myself, uh, when they beat a really good UCLA team, and again, I pick UCLA to win the whole thing. You beat a really good UCLA team in the Pac-12 championship, right? And you say to yourself, wow, this Arizona team, they're clicking on all cylinders. Kind of like what I said about Duke. And I played Duke yesterday. I didn't give that out in the air, but I did play Duke yesterday. Because Duke is clicking on all cylinders, right? They're they're healthy. They're playing well in, at the right time. I thought that was the case with Arizona. And you listen, I don't want to take anything away from Princeton, but that was an embarrassment. You're down twelve point. You're up twelve points with seven minutes to go. You're the Arizona Wildcats, and you find a way to lose against Princeton in the first round. I mean, listen, that's a fireable offense. They're not going to fire this guy. He's won a lot of basketball games, but I would say in some cases that is a fireable offense. Really, really, really bad loss by the Arizona Wildcats, and it really screwed a lot of brackets. I'm sad to say it screwed mine. Uh, really bad loss for Arizona. I had them win in several games. And uh, if you're wondering, uh, Marquette up big against Vermont. Uh, the Pittsburgh-Iowa State game just started. Uh, I picked Pittsburgh to win this game. I don't like T.J. Otzelberger. I never have. And I think in big-time spots, he's not a great basketball coach. Uh, I think Pittsburgh wins this game. Uh, North Carolina State, Creighton, Creighton up a little bit in this one. Uh, and these are the games. But, boy, we've got some mega games today. One game that's tipping off here any minute. Uh, we've got Danny Hurley, UConn Huskies head coach, who's done a really good job with this program. And then uh, Rick Patino, who, of course, is a legend in the game of college basketball. Also a legend with... Uh, picking up uh, waitresses in restaurants and then uh, bringing them into the bathroom. But that's another story for another show. But uh, 
UConn and Iona, that game is tipping off here any moment. That's a really interesting matchup, and uh, that's a game I'm going to be glued to the TV. I'm, I'm heading out watching the games right after this, and I can't wait. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson is going to get absolutely destroyed by Purdue. They're an NEC conference team. They won the playing game. Purdue is a team, that, a sleeper team that I can see going to the Final Four. Uh, this isn't even going to be a contest. Game's going to be over before it starts. Uh, Providence, Kentucky, I have no opinion on this game. I think it'll be a tight game. Uh, one of the teams that I see that could make it out is Drake. Uh, not a lot of people are, are given a lot of uh, chance at Drake, but I think they can beat Miami, Florida. And uh, I think uh, Jim Laranega is a good coach, but I, I just think Drake could win this game. They're a senior-led team, and those are teams that I like. Uh, this is a game that I really like today. So this is an official pick that I'm giving out. I'm 3-0. Doesn't mean I'm going to go five or six and out, but this is one pick that I am officially going to give out that I like today, and that is Grand Canyon. Uh, I know how good Gonzaga is. I know how good of a coach Mark Few is. I know that Gonzaga is not a number one seed this year, and they're not as good they've been in years past, but Gonzaga has been playing some really good basketball. They destroyed St. Mary's in the finals of the West Coast Conference Tournament. I understand that. I watched Grand Canyon play in person this year. I watched Gonzaga play in person this year. I am telling you right now, I will be shocked if this is not a single-digit game. I think Grand Canyon matches up great with, with Gonzaga. They've got big men that can score like Gonzaga does. They've got great guard play. They're well coached by Bryce Drew, who I think is a really, really good coach, very similar to uh, Todd Simon, really good young coach. I cannot believe the spread is 15.5. I put the spread at like 10, maybe 9. 15.5 is way too many points. And I don't think a lot of people know a lot about this Grand Canyon team, but I watch them play, and they are really, really, really damn good. So, yes, I'm giving this out with the points, 15 and a half. And I would not be shocked out of my mind if Grand Canyon won this game outright today. It starts at 430. I really like Grand Canyon. So that's an official pick that I'm giving out. The other pick that I'm giving out today, I'm only giving out two. And look at that, folks. I'm not charging you anything. I'm not Vegas Dave. Um, it's a total that I think is way too low. Memphis and Florida Atlantic. The total is 151.5. You might find a 152. It depends on where you shop. These are two teams that are very athletic, that can score. And Memphis, if you say there's one thing about them that might be not great, it's their defense. So I am giving the over in those. Those are my two picks today. The over in the Memphis game and take the points in the Grand Canyon game. I'm sticking with my guns with UCLA. I still think they they win it all this year. It's hard to pick a winner. I think... Uh, after day one yesterday, I look at this ESPN poll of how many brackets were still live out of like the millions and millions of brackets, 0.06%. 0.06% of brackets were still live. Not many people picked Princeton to beat Arizona unless you're one of those people that's throwing darts at your bracket. I don't know how anybody could have picked that game. Um, so that's how difficult it is to pick games. Um some other games tonight, uh, I like Kansas State. I don't think they should have too much of a problem with a pretty good, though, Montana State team. Um, and some other uh, early-round games today, another good one. Kent State's a really good basketball team, underrated. They're playing Indiana. I think that game's going to be very close. All right, here's an interesting one. I think Arizona, I'm not giving out this pick because I don't even know if I'm going to play it, but I think Arizona State is a live dog tonight. I really do. I love the way they played against Nevada. This is a very talented team that has been very inconsistent this year, and Bobby Hurley is on the hot seat. A lot of people are want him to leave. They're playing a really good TCU team. I think Arizona State can win this game. They're getting five. I like them to win outright. I think they can win this game. 
Another very intriguing matchup tonight at 7 o'clock that I'm going to have my eyes pinned to. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that's the last game of the day today. So it uh, should be interesting, and we'll have to uh, wait and see how this pans out. But uh, I, that that's my dog today. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona State won this basketball game with Bobby Hurley's job on the line. Uh, TCU's good, but I'm not sure if they're good enough to certainly blow Arizona State out of the waters. I think this is going to be a very tight game. From start to finish, you know, we had a caller last segment who asked me, you know, are, are Cinderella teams, are they good for the NCAA tournament? Of course, that's what makes that's what makes March Madness so great, right? The Cinderella stories. That's what makes college basketball so much fun. You know, I talk about this all the time. And I love college basketball. And let's be honest, this is also a business, right? There's a lot of money to be made here from coaching and even players now getting getting deals. But these are experiences you remember for the rest of your life. And I truly believe that Cinderella teams are what make March Madness so wonderful. I cannot wait until I go to the West Regional here at T-Mobile Arena. I am so happy we have the NCAA tournament here. And it's you know just a matter of time before we get the Final Four here, right? A few years. So um, what better place? This is already the, the mecca of college basketball. Let's not... Uh, Let's not confuse ourselves with that. Let's not mix that up. This is the mecca of college basketball. We have the uh, West Coast Conference Tournament here. We've got the WAC Tournament here. We've got the Big West Tournament here. We've got the Pac-12 Tournament here. We've got the Mountain West Conference Tournament here. And those are just the college basketball tournaments here in March. I went to three finals. Three three finals in conference championship games in one day. I went to the Mountain West Conference Tournament, then I went over to the Big West Finals, and then I went over to watch uh, my boy Todd Simon in the WAC. And uh, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. That was just some of the most fun I've ever had watching basketball. My only other experience, which was probably number one, was watching Kobe Bryant and the USA basketball team scrimmage against LeBron James, and they were guarding each other. And I was in a high school gym. I was in Valley High School watching those two teams scrimmage against one another. And this is before we had the Mendenhall complex. And I watched them with about 25 people in, in the actual gymnasium watching. I watched Kobe Bryant guard LeBron James. I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. It was so cool. And I can tell you those guys were the ultimate competitors. And it was, it was so much fun to watch those guys jaw at each other. I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. That was definitely the best basketball experience of my life. And also, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was during the FIBAs. I think that was during uh, when when they had to play like six games in eight days at the Thomas and Mack Center. That was the FIBAs where Kobe and LeBron and those guys, that was the year, you know, well, that's when they won the gold medal, but they had to qualify for the Olympics. And they had to qualify for the Olympics because they were, in years past, they were just trash. They weren't winning. And then Mike Krzyzewski takes over. And Jerry Colangelo takes over, and then, you know, it was smooth sailing from there. Not surprised. And, and, and we started winning the gold again. That was so much fun. I'll never forget that, like I said, for the rest of my life. Um, but this is, this is one of my favorite sports weekends, if not my favorite sports weekend of the year, where we'll have second-round games. And, gosh, it's so much fun. I'm heading over there right now. All I'm going to be doing this weekend is watching college basketball. My eyes are going to be glued to the TVs, and that's all I'm going to be doing is watching college basketball. So I had a big announcement to make yesterday. I made it yesterday. I'll say it again today. I got a new co-host starting on Monday. I think Chris Wynn might sit out Monday. I don't know. I got to talk to him about that. But uh, 
Jamie D is going to be in the house. He's my official new co-host. He's going to be starting here on Monday. I'm really excited for that. So he's going to be starting on Monday. And uh, Guy David, who uh, co-hosted with me a few weeks ago, he is going to be doing a segment with me every Friday. It's going to be the Land Down Under segment. Yes, that's right. He's got that thick Australian accent. And uh, he lives here in Las Vegas, radio guy, so to speak, literally. And we're going to be doing segments with him every Friday. And we're going to be getting his perspective on the biggest news stories of the week from an Australian perspective. I love it. So he's going to be joining us every Friday. Show's going to stay the same. Nothing here is changing, folks. I'm not changing. I'm not going to be growing hair all of a sudden unless it's in the wrong places. Everything's the same by me. Uh, but, uh, you know, news, sports, politics, entertainment, that's what I do here, man. I do it all. And uh, I love it. Like today's a perfect example of how I love the reach, right? Um, you know, we had a nice lady from Puerto Rico who called in. We had a guy from Utah who called in. He was listening live. We had we just had somebody from San Antonio, Texas call in. I love the fact that even though this is a Vegas show, uh, I cover things uh, on a national scale. And I love it that we get people from all over the country calling into this show. I love all of you listeners out there, and I love it. I hope everybody stays safe out there. Don't drink too much on this holiday weekend. Drink a little. Just be safe. Don't drink too much. And the most I might have is a cherry Coke. If I, if I decide to get a little bit crazy, maybe. But that's about it for me. I'm not much of a drinker, but I am. I do like to bet on basketball games now and then. So uh, hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. I'm excited to have Jamie in the house as my permanent co-host starting on Monday. Please have a safe and happy weekend, everybody. I am going to go watch some college basketball with my family, with my mom, and with my close friends, and I couldn't have it any other way. Have a great weekend, everybody. My thanks to Mark, everybody here at KSHP, and we will see you on Monday, everybody. Have a great weekend.